Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. You know, I'm curious about that that song. Uh, what's your name again? <laughs> Shelly. Shelly. <laughs> Hi, Brad. How are you today? So you're listening to BS in the Morning. I am Brad. He is, what was your name again? Waldo. Oh, Waldo. Okay, now, what Waldo I was going yes. to say, listen to the lyrics of that song. He says, midnight till morning, call me and I will be there for you. So in other words, if you called at noon, he's got, hey, I told you, midnight to morning, <laughs> you, you didn't call me. He was just saying that he's he's there for 24-7. Not midnight to morning. Midnight to morning is only like, you know, depending upon what you consider midnight to morning is, is if you want to be technical, morning is until noon, so he's only there half the day. Midnight to well, morning. He meant that he, you could call him during the night and he'd bear, be there for you. But what if you needed him at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? He would be there for you because but, he'd already be up. But that's not the morning. That's not midnight to morning. You know, I mean, sometimes you got to take these songs. Well, no, seriously. If someone's, it's just like, it's like my my thing, I get so mad about, you know, maybe I should just, you know, maybe this is my problem in life. I get mad about things like that. You hear the guys go, hey, we'll pay cash for your house. I've had these guys, you know, I've oh, talked to some dear. of these. And they go like, okay, I $100 bills. I go, no, 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 no. No, we, we give you a check. I go, that's not cash. Well, no, it's cash. No, it's a ca- It's a check. Cash is when you go to the bank and there's thing called, think about this, you go to the bank and you cash a check, at least in the old days you did. You cash a check, which means you exchange that piece of paper for the denominations that you request, hundreds, fifties, tens, whatever. That's cashing a check, okay? You're exchanging a check for cash, right? Well, no, 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 we don't mean that, okay? And they go like, well, uh, 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 you know, a, 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 you know, a cashier's check is just as good. No, it's not. <laughs> Trust me. I know people who have been scammed out of cars, and you read about this from time to time. You do. These guys that, you know, that on Craigslist and stuff like that, hey, I, yeah, I got to I, I buy your car. How much you want for it? $11,000. Okay, fine. I'll meet you, and I got a cashier's check. You go, they sign over, you sign the title over to them, they disappear, and then you go to the bank the next morning, and they realize the cashier's check is bogus. It's fake. You know, years ago, there was this deal. I can't remember what the deal was. I remember this. There was, the city of East St. Louis did business with somebody. I can't remember who it was. And they wrote him like a, they had like a $12 million cashier's check that the city of East St. Louis got. This is when Carl Officer, way back when, was the mayor. And they got like this $12 million cashier's check. And it bounced because it was fake. I mean, a $12 million <laughs> cashier's check. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, imagine if you got that, you go, "Oh my God, I got 12. Can you imagine the cojones? Well, but but how of would, actually trying to scam a city? How would you feel if? Well, it's East St. Louis. That's different. How would you feel if, like, you got a twelve million dollar? Somebody said, "Hey, Shelly, you know what? I got a deal for you. I'm gonna you do this, and I'm gonna give twelve million dollars." You go, "Whoa!" And you get the twelve million dollar cashier's check, and you go. God, no, my, I, I think my that they life, were automatically my life is, uh, is being great. big fat liars. And then you, you go to the bank, and oh, I'm sorry, but Shelly, this, this this check is drawn on a bank that doesn't exist. This is a bogus check, cashier's check. Uh-huh. I mean, how how talking about highs and lows in your life, like, oh my God, I got twelve I gotta put 
this in the bank. I'm up twelve million dollars in the bank. And then you find out that you got zero in the bank because it's a fake check. Anyway, how do we get talking about that? Midnight you to morning. Brought it up. Midnight to morning. I will be there for you. Midnight to morning. I will be there for you. I have you ever watched that video yet? It's a tearjerker, I'm telling you. It's it's a really good video, but it's not what you think. What video? The video for the song we just played for Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. No, I haven't watched that. Oh, video. you're missing it. You, you know, you're talking to the king of videos. You know, I <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was talking about that last night to someone. Who um, was that? I'm the king of <laughs> you know what somebody somebody said I get this all the time. People go, You don't have a TV set? No, I don't have a TV. I haven't had one for years. I've got a TV. Matter of fact, I've got two of them. I, one of them's sitting on the floor and not even plugged in. The other one is 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 a used for a computer monitor. It's not hooked up. It's not, and God, I heard an interesting thing yesterday talking about how how everything's changing with the cable companies and how you know what's going on. AT and T is spinning off Directv. Do you have, you you don't have Directv? Do you? No. They're spinning off. We don't have TV. They're spinning off Directv, and all these other companies are spinning off these like like uh, who is it? AT&T owns like Discovery Channel and they're spinning that off and they're spinning this off and they're spinning that off all sorts of crazy stuff uh and 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 uh uh what's the guy's name from uh, from what's his, the governor of New York the love gov what's his name Oh Como Yes oh my god did you hear that thing that came out about him yesterday this uh-uh. the attorney general oh my god and he claims it's all fake what is it? Oh man, he's just been nailed on all this crazy stuff with women. Him, him, you know, harassing women and touching women and saying inappropriate things to women. And it's really interesting because in the attorney general's report, his brother, who is the guy on CNN, is mentioned. And oh my God, they rip him. I'm going like, okay, how can that guy still have a job? How can he still be on CNN? Essentially, he was giving his brother advice, and they're saying that that was inappropriate. But you know. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, remember, okay. remember when he when during like a year over a year ago when he was on TV every day and they called him the Love Go. Oh, he's so yes. good. He's. I mean, I had women talking about. Oh my God, I love that guy. I I want to marry him. He's the love that you find out like he's like Mister. I want him to. I want to, I want to have his children. The love gov. Oh, and it talked about in the in the it talked about in this. Well, we'll talk about it next hour. This stuff. I got a lot of stuff to talk about this morning. Um, you do. You just you're just all geared up, aren't you? And I want to talk about how I'm gonna how I'm I'm gonna have to go to Hans Wyman because I keep pulling my toupee off over the internet at the transmitter site. But that's a whole other story. Um, let me see. What's my list of stuff to talk about this morning? I got it right here. Hold on a minute. I'll pull it up. I'll just I'll just tease you with this. You ready? Sure. Mouth breathers. Okay. Mouth breathers. Mouth breathers. Okay. Okay. All of a sudden, that's become a pejorative term, and I don't quite understand that. And I think it's to the point where, why is it okay for someone who is like politically correct, who would you know, who was into the, the the pronoun correction thing, and and well, you can't say that to call people a mouth breather. And I tell you the story behind that. Okay. Then there's the sumo wrestler at the Olympics. But it's not sumo wrestlers. It's it's statues of sumo wrestlers that's bothering the horses. Do you know about this story? This is bizarre. Uh-uh. Oh, this is bizarre. <laughs> it really is bizarre. And then, then, and then, guess who got pardoned yesterday? Who? Pinky and Stripes. 
Did they? The governor pardoned them. Yes, we'll talk about that coming up. <laughs> the weather. Do you do you have any idea what the temperature is outside right now? Uh, fifty eight, partly cloudy. It's crazy. It this is this is August fourth. This is the first day of the town and country, you know, fair, which normally when the town and country fair starts, the day it starts it's 100 degrees with 120% humidity. You know what I mean? It's like if you if you get out of your car before your foot hits the ground, your legs sweating. You know what I mean? I mean, it's to yes. the point where it's like, "Ugh, yuck." You know? It's 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 funny my my uh, my youngest son went on vacation. I'm thinking to myself, "How does he get to go on vacation? Everybody gets vacation. I don't get any vacation." And he went someplace up in Upper New York, and talked about how, like, oh my God, it's it's wonderful, no humidity. And he comes back here to St. Louis, gets off the plane, oh my God, it's humidity, you know. God, yesterday he calls me. Actually, I called him because there's a whole crazy long story about this, which bothers me all the time. Situation with his with with his medications that I have to keep an eye on for him. Anyway, he calls me, and he's talking about his car, and he has a car that now he decides he wants to sell and I don't want him to sell it because it's my one of my all-time favorite cars. And you know what? I can't stand to see somebody get rid of cars. If I had if I if I you know, I started buying cars when I was 15 years old, okay? If I was a millionaire, I would research every single car I've owned and try to get it back. Now, most of them probably been crushed and they're probably 2021s now. You know, the steel's been recycled maybe a couple times. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, they've gone through the crusher and been recycled. Uh, but I'd, I'd, I'd have every car owned back again. God, I had some favorite cars. My very first car, 62 Pontiac Station Wagon. Love that car. Put, and that will go down in infamy because you have it uh, it's on my, immortalized it's a, on Board of Education. Right, it's on my video. Yep. Uh, and uh, I, 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 I bought it. Bought it when I was 15, fixed it up, drove it. My senior year of high school got wrecked. I rebuilt it, repainted it, rebuilt the engine, rebuilt the transmission, put, I don't know, 120, 130,000 miles on it. The reason I finally stopped driving it was the brakes got funky. And no matter what I did to it, I could never get the brakes to really work very well. And it was a big, heavy car. It was a full-size station wagon. So, you know, obviously, brakes in any car are important. But the bigger the car they are, the more important they are. And Was it paneled? Wood panels? Yeah, on the outside, you know, like the old station wagons. No, 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 no. And and you know what's crazy? You know what those cars are going for nowadays? Uh-uh. That particular car, because they don't make they don't make Pontiacs anymore. That particular car had a three eighty nine in it, and those cars I've seen them for as much as ten thousand dollars. Really? Yes. I mean, because they've become. See, here is what's weird. When I was in high school. Everybody made fun of me because I had a station wagon. Station wagon. I mean, you had a station wagon. Now, the only problem with that was when I pick, went to pick up the girls that I were dating, their dads never appreciated that I had a station wagon. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because back seat, who needs a back seat? I got a station wagon, and I, it, had, it had three seats. It had the rear seat that faced backwards. But, you know, you put down all the seats, and you got, you know, you sleep in the thing. You know, it's a camper. You know, but uh, I loved that car. I'm telling you, I loved it. Wish I had it back. A lot of things I wish I had back. I'm sure. <laughs> what are you reading? Uh, what am I reading? I'm reading nothing. That's my stupid... Hold on. Let me see. Oh, you know what? Hold, 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 hold. hold on. Hold on. Internet came back up. Yay! At least it says Yay, it Yay, and the crowd goes wild. <sighs> yeah, the crowd goes wild. 
Okay. Uh, 624, we've got to take a break. We'll be back. You're supposed to say something. Uh, something. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's 624. It is BS in the Morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad on Westplex 107.1 and 1350 AM, 1350 KRAP. And soon, back again, KSOQ. We've been having some internet problems. We'll get that figured out. Shelly, you know, yesterday was an election day. It was. Yes, there were some. I don't know if it was, what was going on in St. Charles County, but in St. Louis County and St. Louis City, they had uh, uh, an election. And I think the only thing on the ballot was uh, a tax hike for the St. Louis Community College District. Now, here we go again. Okay, there's a story this morning, Post-Dispatch. Voters approved tax hike for St. Louis County College in low turnout election. Okay, we have all this controversy about... I don't have to have a driver's license to vote. Yes, you do. We can go back and forth, and yet you have elections, and nobody shows up. What's wrong with this picture? You know, Well, it wasn't advertised very well, because I didn't know about it. Did you? I did. Oh. But, but, but see, God, this cries How me did up. you find out about it? You know, I read things. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and, the whole reading thing. And I don't <laughs> get I don't get all my news off of Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, that explains so much. <laughs> right. Shelly's the one's like, if it's not on Facebook, it didn't happen. Okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, it was election yesterday. Uh, but anyway, you digress. No, I just think it's sort of interesting because once again, there's all these, you know, here, how after the, you know, and Trump's still out there saying, I won the election. And you know what? I don't care what anybody says. Every single election, there's fraud. There's there's skullduggery going on. I mean, there just is. That's like yeah. that's like saying um, everybody pays their taxes, or like nobody ever steals anything from the store, or nobody ever uh, you know at church uh, you know takes ten ten dollars out of the collection plate. Okay, does that happen? At least the church thing. You know, every once in a while, somebody steals money out of the collection plate. You know? Do you think so? Oh, God, I've, I, 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 I can tell you stories about that. Shame. I can tell you stories. I'm telling you. I, I, you want me to tell you a story? My grand, no. My grandmother. Here's, here's my grandmother. Your grandmother took money out of the collection plate. No, 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 no. But, I mean, just as bad. My grandmother, I don't know why, but I got stuck with my grandmother, Okay. And I had, no, no, I had two grandmothers, a maternal and paternal grandmother, okay? And I'll be honest with you, both of them were bad people, okay? I'll just say that right up front. My my father's mother, so in other words, grandmother on my mother's side, she was against education. Every time we'd go over there, because my dad, you know, my dad was got a, you know, his engineering degree from Wash U, then he went back to school, got a couple more degrees. He loved to learn. He was an education fanatic. And every time we go over to my grandmother's house, I can say, Lee, why are you wasting your time going to college? You know, that doesn't do you any good. And when my sister and I went to college, it's the same thing. Why are you kids going to college? You know, look at your aunt and uncle. They never went to college. They got great jobs. All that, okay, whatever. Miss Negative Nelly, matter of fact. And then my grandmother on my mother's side, another piece of work, uh, who was like, she's the one who kept telling me, you, you know, you think you're talking to people on the radio. Nobody's listening. Maybe she's right. No, maybe after all these years, she's right. No, but she. I say, don't think she's no, right. She would say that, and she'd go like, the, the, you, "You're not really talking to anybody. There's nobody listening. The, the radio doesn't work." I go, "Grandma, don't you have a radio?" Yeah, but that's different. Aren't there people on the other end of that radio talking to microphones? You hearing them? No, no, but 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 that's different. That's different. Okay, and she was like, she was 
a not a nice person. Every once in a while, she would take me. She had lunch with her girlfriends, okay? And as a kid, she would drag me along. And God, I hated it. I just hated it. And I'd have to go out with grandma with her girlfriends, you know, a bunch of like, you know, 60 plus women, you know, you know, I mean, and you're like, oh, Brad, he's so cute. No, no, look at him. No, no. Oh, there was one woman and they'd go out and they would and they would go out to a restaurant, sit down restaurant, have a waitress, waiter, stuff like that. And every single time my grandmother even told me about this and she even said, said it was wrong, but everybody would get up and one of the women would go back to the table. And pick up the tips. Okay. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. The other women would leave tips for the waitress, and she would go back and pick them up and keep them. And she not your grandma, but the one woman she went out with. Yes, and the and the and when she and sometimes the women would call her on it and go like, "Why did you do that?" Well, she wasn't that good. She didn't deserve any money, but she would keep the money herself. I mean, it's like stealing. That's like it is like stealing, actually. I mean, like, and not only that. I mean, like you know, I heard an interesting. I was I listened to this talk show yesterday with these guys who are restaurant tours, and they're talking about how the restaurant business has gotten so tough. You know, with you know the you know especially like in St. Louis City, St. Louis County. Well, you don't you don't even mask enough. You came out the thing that came out yesterday, uh, which is interesting. We'll talk about that too. In New York, they're going to do the 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 um, the um, vaccination passport deal. Where you're going to have to have a document, and and you can't go into restaurants, you can't go into into concerts, you can't go into various places unless you and and they they have to check your documents. Documents, please. It's like the you know the World War II movies where you know the spies are trying to get through Germany and and they're always asking for your you know the Germans are already asking for your documents. Okay, so. Um, Anyway, this guy talked about, and he said the thing, and it's funny because it reminded me of the radio business. He says, the thing that scares me the most, he says, we're missing a whole generation of people who would normally get their feet wet in the restaurant industry. And he essentially said 16 to 34-year-olds. And he said specifically 18 to 26-year-olds. They don't want anything to do with the restaurant business. Because... I don't know. That's what he says. And he says, uh, okay. he says there, there's a whole generation of like, for example, he talked about he started washing dishes when he was 15 years old and fell in love with the restaurant business. He says he's been doing this for 38 years. Okay. And he's, he talks about all these guys that he knows that own restaurants or managers and things like that, that they have. A, and it's like, it's like, I'm going like, I feel that way about the radio business. And like you and I talk about this all the time. There are no young keep kids going into the radio business. Nobody between the age of 18 and 26, like what he was talking about, goes into the radio business anymore. They all want to make their millions as TikTok stars and stuff like that. By the way, did you know the federal government is is paying money to TikTok stars? You know this story? Uh, no. Yeah, the federal government, the U.S. government is writing checks, and some of these are four and five. I've even heard of one six-figure check that the federal government is writing to people on TikTok. Anyway, we're For... talking about the vaccine. They're paying them because they're quote-unquote influencers and they're TikTok stars. They're paying them to promote getting the vaccine. Good for them. 
Yeah, good for them. Bad for you and I as taxpayers. That's like them writing money to you know NPR and and KWMU. You know, defund KWMU. Anyway, um, God, you're the, you're just like a water faucet right in the middle of my forehead. Drip, drip. No, drip. no, but constantly running, always on. Drip, I, um, drip, drip. I, see, defund KMOU. KWMU. No, no, I'm telling you, there was a time when it made sense to have public radio and public TV stations funded by the government. That time's gone. Because, you know, once again, when you and I grew up, you turn on the TV set. Remember? 2, 4, 5, 9, 11, and then 30 came along. Okay? And then 30. That, yep. was, that was it. That was all you could have. Now, you can get 4,000 channels. You can grab your phone. You can stream anything. You can stream any radio station around the world. You can watch any video program. You can watch any TV station in the country. You can watch, you know, all the networks. You don't have to, you know, be watch Channel 4 to watch CBS. Matter of fact, CBS has three or four different networks that they run. There's one of them that's just totally streaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, you don't need that anymore. You you know, want kids' stuff? There's how many gazillion kids' sites? How many d- different places can you download, you know, you know, things for kids and you know sing along with mickey you know that kind of stuff and once i do know that kind of stuff once upon a time you didn't have access to that that's why the government should not be spending and here's what's interesting don't get me going on this wnyc which is this big radio station in new york it's a public radio station it is turned into a cesspool of employees time after time after time i read my my uh, probably within the last six months there's probably been six people that have been let go at at wnyc new york which once again gets money from the federal government gets money from the state government and you crazy loons who live in new york city send them your hard-earned dollars to keep that radio station on the air and they also produce programs there have been at least six people who have been shown the door because of sexually harassing other employees and the last one is a woman this lady who I think has the world's what best name. What could she have possibly done? Oh my God! She could be considered a sexual harasser. She she was she was being sexually harassed, uh, harassing to other women and men. Oh, to other women and men. Okay. Yes, and she, and it's also said she was like aggressive in the workplace. She was a disturbance, and I'm going like, okay, I've worked with that woman, not that particular woman, but I'm thinking to myself, I know exactly who that is. You know, anybody who's been in the media business, you know, you hear all these weird personality types. There's always one of those at the station you worked at. There's there's the nerd dude who is like you know comes out of the studio and he sort of talks like this and he sort of like Mr. Nerd and he goes in the studio turn hey how you doing I'm Joe Blow yeah I'm here on the radio and then he gets off out of the studio hey anybody got any money I want to go down and get a cheesecake you know one of those kind of people he's like Jekyll and Hyde you know dual personality everybody's work with that guy or gal sometimes they're gals you know everybody's work with with the the druggie. You know, there was a guy I used to work with at KSOQ back in the old days, the old KSOQ, who if you went in the back studio and you stood on one of the stools that was in the studio and you and you pushed up the uh, the ceiling tile, the acoustical tile, you know, they're, you know, like they just lay in that framework, right. his drug stash was up there. Okay, what do you want? You want reds? You want greens? Do you want marijuana? Do you want cocaine? It's all above the, you know, the, the drop ceiling in, in, in the back studio. And I worked with this dude for two plus years, and there was never one day where he was straight. Never one day where he came to work and didn't have roadmap eyes. You know, I mean, never one day when the guy knew what plan he was on. You know, everybody worked with that guy. 
Everybody work with Mr. White Line Snorter. You know, I mean, like I told you, the one guy, uh, my one boss, I got hit by a car in downtown Clayton. That's where our studios were. Because one day he was out in the middle of uh, Bemiston trying to snort the White Line up and down the, the, the road, and somebody almost hit him. Right, Brad. <laughs> you think You're I'm, so funny. You think I'm kidding. And what happened to that I guy? Do. He got promoted. He got the job at WNBC. He got to be Howard Stern's boss. I am not kidding. Yes, I worked for pig vomit. And this is the person you're talking about? Oh, my God. He's the guy who died. I told you he died. I know he died. And I know why he died, because his heart was so screwed up from all the cocaine. You know, cocaine does that to your heart. What's that? I said that could be. I, I know for a fact. He died at 62, sitting at his desk talking to the boss. You know, literally. The boss calls him up. He's in San Francisco. His boss is in New York. He's sitting at his desk and says to the boss, hold on a minute. And then the line didn't go dead. He just put the phone down. And the boss, the big the president of the company, is on the other end of the phone. You know, Kevin? Kevin, are you there? Kevin. Like, this goes on for a couple minutes. And you can hear, you know, the radio playing in the background. is on his office. So the boss, Lou, calls the front desk at the radio station and say, hey. Gets on his other phone and say, hey, go back and check Kevin. I was talking to him, and all of a sudden he said, hold on a minute. And, you know, and the phone's still open because I can hear noise in his office. So they go down the hall. He's dead. His last what words. What noise they were listening to. His last words were, hold on a minute. How about that for your last words? Hold on a minute. And boom, you're dead. <laughs> There's some poetic justice to that, isn't there? There, there really is, <laughs> Hold on a minute. Boom, he's dead. <laughs> And, I mean, and it's not funny, but it's it's. Uh... I personally bailed him out of jail once. Okay. God, is that a story? I'll tell that someday. And you know what he got arrested for? No. Soliciting prostitution. Oh, Kevin! And, Kevin! 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 And Kevin! You, you know how they nailed him? Um, a sting. He propositioned a cop. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, an undercover woman detective who was working at the time the stroll Washington Avenue before it what it was today. And he, he goes up to her, hey, baby, <laughs> and the rest is history. And, and the funny part of it was, God, I'm not going to tell the rest of the story. The rest of the story is actually sort of funny. And when he admits to it, the whole thing, that's like the funny part. It's like, do you have a brain in your head? I mean, it's like anybody else would have seen this coming a mile away. Not Kevin. Anyway. She really likes me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, no, let's... Oh, look, 647. It's BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad, and this is Westplex 1071 and uh, KRAP 1350. KSOQ is still AOL, excuse me, AWOL, uh, because we have some technical issues we're working on. Shelly? Brad? Why is it that guys get in trouble for things and women can do the same things they don't get in trouble for it? Because women do it properly and men don't. Okay, there's a picture of Katy Perry. Um, she's on an Italian vacation and she's grabbing the butt of Orlando Bloom. She's okay. Got, she's Are they got, together? She's got his left butt cheek firmly in her grip. Are they together? I don't mean. What do you mean? Are they together? Are they? An item? I don't know. Are they? Are I, I? I'm not into. I don't. I don't read the gossip stuff. I don't know who she's. You know. I know she was going with. Who you my, don't follow TMZ? No, I know she was going with my idol. 
Who's that? The dude who's been with every woman on the planet Earth. <laughs> uh, who? John Mayer. Oh, <laughs> it's the bubbly toes. No, 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 no. He didn't do. He didn't do bubbly toes. He did. Uh, he, he didn't did, do bubbly toes. No, he did. Your no, body was Michael Bublé. Your right? body's a wonderland. That was. Oh yeah, the Wonderland dude. That was. Got it. Every woman's fallen in love with that song. Oh my god! If I could have some guy sing to me like John Mayer and call my body a wonderland, even though it's actually sort of like a junkyard. A junkyard. <laughs> I don't know. It's not what what hey, what if I said, "Hey baby, your body's like Six Flags." Six Flags is not a wonderland. Well, but some people kids would say, "Oh my god, Six Flags is like Wonderland." Oh, I get to ride the rides. I get to go. No. I you know what? I used to go to Six Flags every year with my aunt Lara. Yeah. She was my mom's oldest and dearest friend. Right. And do you you've been out to Six Flags? Uh, you used to do shows out there, right? I've probably been to Six Flags probably in the three figures. I've been to Six Flags hundreds of times. Yes. Okay. So, do you remember the? Let's see. You sit there. You you walk into this ride. I know that she'll remember this. She'll walk into this ride, and then it 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 sits there, and the bottom starts spinning, and it puts you. It like sticks you to the wall. Yeah. I know exactly and which then, one that is. And then then the the floor I don't, probably doesn't do it nowadays, but back then the floor would actually Yeah, the fall yeah, it's 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 called the PVR. What's that? The PVR, projectile vomit ride. PVR. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you you know, I actually fell down once and they take you through this really weird path. To get out to the regular place when you fall down into the where the floor used to be. Tom's Twister, the smartest woman in the world, says that sound right? Yes, that's exactly Tom's what Twist. that was. No, it's the PVR, the projectile vomit ride. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> so, I just remember that one. I fell off the Screaming Eagle once. No, you didn't. I did. Yeah. How? <laughs> I. You know, I took off the lap belt, and I go, look at me. I'm the smartest man in the world. And they went over there. I went down. No, you didn't. I hit my head. There's no way you can take those off. <laughs> that's that's why I'm the way I'm in today. I've told you the story. I was there that night that the lady got killed on the stand-up roller coaster. Oh, my goodness, that, yes. That was, the, that was the media relations party that night, talking about a disaster. Like everybody from every radio station, all the TV stations was there at six. I don't know if they still do it anymore. They used to do this deal when they used to debut a night. They'd have media night, and it would be like on a Saturday night, and like the park would close like at nine. So we'd get we'd be invited, and we'd have they have a dinner. For, they'd take us area of the park, and they'd, we'd have like dinner for us, and and the guys would ta- tell us about the rides and stuff like that. And then whatever the new ride was, when the park closed at 9 o'clock, we would walk over to the ride, and we could ride the ride as much as we want. And that was the night. I did it several times, and that night, particular night, was the night they did whatever, the Railblazer, where they had the stand-up roller coaster. And I still remember we were in this place called DJ's Diner, which had Johnny Rabbit on the video screens. Hey, welcome to DJ's Diner. And one of the girls who used to work at WIL, her name is uh, 
Judy Shaper, I still remember her name. She comes running in. Oh my God. Oh, my, my boyfriend and I were, were up at the Railblazer and, and the Railblazer left and he came back and a woman's missing. She fell off the ride. And we're going like, no, that's, that, that didn't happen. And all of a sudden, things get weird. I'll tell that whole story sometime. That was a bizarre night. A bizarre it night. It sounds like it. It was. I mean, talk about a PR nightmare. Here you've got all the, the media people in town at your place, and you're debuting a new ride, and somebody gets killed on it. Not the exact kind of thing you want to have happen. You know what I'm saying? It yep. just, it just, it, it just doesn't work out that way. I can, I, if I could, you know, some one of these days I'm going to call Bob Cochin and get him on the air. He was, he was one of the head I dudes. I would love on, that. He was one of the head dudes at the time. I don't know if he'll talk about it. He may not talk about it. It was, it was traumatic to him. I, I know it was. And by the work there, I was like, okay, what do we do? Okay. I want to meet him. Oh, you'd love. You did meet him once. You met him. I did. Yes. Oh, at the at the. Um, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Hey, I got to I got to go here because if Hall I don't, the computer's going to snap in my neck. Okay, six fifty eight. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. We are in Westplex one hundred seven point one KRAP thirteen fifty. Not in KSOQ. Oh, sorry, having some technical problems left over from last week. Thought I had them fixed last night. Still not fixed. Just got to get into that. Shelly, you back? Oh, hold on. My help if I turn you up there. I'd say that again. So you want me to tell you I'm back now? Yeah, say you're back. I'm back. Good. No, you say it just like I said before. I'm back. I'm back. Very good. Okay. <laughs> you know oh, who, really? You know who Ray Hartman is? Uh, excuse me? Ray Hartman. H-A-R-T-M-A-N. I don't know if he's two No, I know who Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman is. No, this is Ray Hartman, Ray Hartman. Anyway, no. he, he was the, I think he was the founder of the Riverfront Times, and then he bought St. Louis Magazine. Um, he used to be on the Channel 9 show, Donnie Brook, all the time, you know, where they have those. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, Ray wrote an editorial. I believe this was in the Riverfront Times. He, he doesn't own that anymore, but I think he's still, like, on the editorial board. He wrote an editorial about how it was so terrible that we mistreated Dr. Khan. You know, Dr. Khan, the one who last week claimed he was fist, he was shoulder bumped and hip bumped and people made disparaging remarks, but yet the video doesn't show any of that. It's sort of like, okay, he's claiming these things, but the video, and even to the point where he had a police escort out of the building, and when they interviewed these police or the security guards, whoever they were, they were like, well, we didn't hear that. We didn't see him get fist bumped or shoulder bumped or anything like that. Okay, Ray Hartman called the people who, for the most part, were against the uh, lockdown, that's what they were, they were there, you know, debating that last Tuesday night, not last night, but a week ago, Tuesday night at the St. Louis County Council. And he called them mouth breathers. And I've heard this term more and more where it's a disparaging term and you call someone a mouth breather. Okay. Having someone personally that in my family that is a mouth breather. And quite honestly, that's me because I've always had, I think I have First off, my son broke my nose years ago. That was a whole other story. And I think I have the deviatum septum thing. You know what I'm talking about? I do. And I should have had that fixed. So occasionally... Do you want me to reset your nose for you? Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> I bet you would. Um, I would, too. Okay, so explain to me what that means. If you breathe through your mouth like you're stupid... Like, is your mouth attached to your brain? So if, like, you breathe through your mouth, you're, like, dumb. And if you close your mouth and breathe through your, your nose, you're smart. 
And not only that, here's the guy that if you said, if, if I went on here this morning and said, let's say he was listening, and I'd say, you know, you just can't trust women nowadays. He would be all over me. He'd be going, oh, my God, he's saying bad things about women. He, blah, blah, blah. Dr. Khan? No, 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 this Ray Hartman guy. In other words, if, oh, if, 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 I said, if I said, hey, you, you know, Irish people, all they want to do is fight. Or, you know, uh, those Italian people, all they want to do is make pasta. You know, he'd be going, oh, you, that's, 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 that's stereotypes. You're, you're saying, you know, but yet he's calling people mouth breathers. Okay? And, and I, I'm thinking to myself, I don't, first off, I don't quite understand that. I mean, where does it equate that if you breathe through your mouth, you're like some, I, I guess it makes you subhuman, it makes you like a dog that you pant, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, you know, like that kind of a thing? No, I think it's more um, th- that basically they're not really worth anything except for the air that they breathe. Mouth breathe, but why, why wouldn't it be through the nose? That's what I don't quite hear. I'll tell you what. Here, let's consult the authority on this. You know who the authority is? It's a stupid person. No, 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 no. It's a stupid. Well, here, let's. Let, the authority on this is going to be Urban Dictionary. So let's look at M O U T H B R E A T H E. There's a whole bunch of them. Okay, let me see what mouth breather. Someone who is really dumb, a person who doesn't, who can't breathe through their nose. Once again, I don't understand that. How does that make you? How does that make you dumb that you can't breathe through your nose? Uh, there's more. I've seen. Is that the only definition? I think it's the only definition. The word mouth breather is also used in Stranger Things. Okay, what is Stranger Things? Stranger Things is a is a movie on Netflix. One of the is best a, TV shows of recent show on years. Netflix. It's a mystery horror sci-fi venture set in the 1980s. It's got fantastic 80s nostalgia and is heavily inspired by 80s movies like The Goonies and E.T., but more scary, definitely, and need to watch. Okay, and they say it's, it's in... Why is that in... Um, I'm trying to think if there's more. Okay, here's another one. Here's another definition. Usually seen with a blank stare on their face, mouth slightly agape, and possibly a little bit of drool coming out. Use it in a sentence. The new temp workers we got are a bunch of mouth breathers. Okay, once again, how sad okay, is that? Okay, it's a technical term for this job position is retrognathic. Where do you mm-hmm. read that? When mouth breathing is a temporary condition, it is also due to a cold or other illness that has blocked the nasal passages. A person will usually have a stuffy or runny nose alongside the mouth breathing. Okay, here's that you, you're reading the clinical explanation of that. Here's another one for Urban Dictionary. It's got two meanings on this one. Literally, someone who lacks enough intelligence that they never learn to breathe through their nose. I don't understand that. Okay, essentially a metaphorical expression. It is based on the idea that someone who breathes through their mouth often has their jaw hanging open, which has a tendency to make them look rather vacant or stupid. Okay, here's one. A stupid person who breathes through their mouth like P. Diddy. (laughs) Someone who is incapable of breathing through their nose. Someone stupid who is unaware that their mouth is gaping open, often taking in gallons of air and spewing their own dirty bacteria, rotten maw, into your clean air in your vicinity. Okay, there we go. But once again, my point being, if he would have said something about, you know, an ethnic group, you know, like I mentioned, like, oh, Italians, all they want to do is make spaghetti, you know? I mean, like, you know, are, are like, oh, those Greeks, all they want to do is make gyro, gyros, gyros, whatever, or, you know, like, like, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? If you, if all these, you know, like, oh, those, 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 those Irish people, all they want to do is, is drink whiskey and get in fights, you know, like the fighting Irish guy from, 
from Notre Dame. Yes. See, and, and there's an interesting thing. There's a, there's a story this morning about this this lady who is a um, a lobbyist for Black Lives Matter. And it came out that Lindsey Graham, even though he's, you know who he is, he's a senator from North Carolina, he's sort of an interesting character, um, actually a very distinguished career. He's like 20 years in the military and has all these different, you know, awards he's gotten through the military. Anyway, um, he it came out that he tested positive for COVID-19. And he's been, he's been, you know, he was one of Trump's buddies. And uh, he's been, you know, he's been vaccinated. And lady, I think it was in Rhode Island, who's like a um, a lobbyist for Black Lives Matter. She she put on her Twitter account, "I hope he dies." Who did that? This lady who works for BLM, Black Lives Matter. I hope he dies. Oh goodness! I mean, I mean, see, once again, there's a story I will tell, and I'll leave out the name. I won't mention this is Steve Casper. One day he showed up at my radio station, and at the time his father owned the radio stations before his father passed away and he came to talk to me about a tower they were putting up another station he was talking to me possibly going to one of my towers and i said something to him and he said i can't wait until my father dies because then i can run the radio stations the way they should be run i was shocked and i looked at him and i'm not the only person that heard him say this chris dickhouse was standing right there she heard the whole conversation and i looked at him and i go at that point in time my dad had been dead i don't know five six years and I said, Steve, I'd give everything I own for one more hour with my dad. Yep. And he looked at me, you know what it's like. My father's terrible. I can't wait till he dies. He said it again. I'm going like, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he said it. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, it's like how horrible is the wish death on somebody, especially your father? Now, it'd be different if you found out that as a kid, you know, he beat the daylights out of him every day and chained him up and put him in the dungeon somewhere. You know, but that didn't happen. That wasn't the case. This was just an issue of, you know, he didn't own the radio station. He wanted to own the radio station. His dad owned the radio station. And he couldn't wait till his dad died so he could own the radio station. And I'm going like, God, how sad is that? How sad is that? And not only that, I mean, like this whole thing, like this crazy weird stuff that, God, I heard this thing yesterday. And I have to tell you, me being, you know, having these two worthless journalism degrees... Um, I have to find this article, and this guy wrote this incredible article about, and he wrote it sort of tongue-in-cheek, and he described all sorts of things of the last six years. And he starts out by saying, hey, remember back in 2015 when this crazy guy by the name of Donald Trump said he was going to run for president, and all the media said, oh, there's no way he'll ever be president. There's no way. There's no way he'll ever be president. And he got to be president. And he, he goes through this whole thing, and he tells you all the things that the media said was going to happen, and either it was one of these things, either the media said it was going to happen and it didn't, or the media said it wasn't going to happen and it did. And, like, one of the things he talked about was, like, the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the Chinese flu. Remember, Trump got in trouble. You can't. It's, it's Chinese, you know, the Luan or Luhan or whatever places. And they said. And, and, Wuhan. 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 I'm sorry. Thank you. Wuhan. Wuhan. And, and, and he said, I think it came from that lab. And everybody goes, oh, my God, it didn't come from that lab. And now they think it did. There's all this evidence that comes out that more and more stuff comes out all the time that, 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 two, that two or three lab workers from that, from that lab back in September of 2019 went to the mm-hmm. hospital with these bizarre, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, um, flu, uh, 
symptoms. Symptoms. You know, and, and once again, I mean, like, I go back to the thing, I can't remember the guy's name. If I'm going to look this up, <coughs> excuse me, hold on, let me turn my mic down a minute. Hairball. Hairball. Yeah, hairball. There was a time, if you go back to the old movies that were made in the 50s and 60s, the Rock Hudson, Doris Day movies. Oh, yeah. I was just talking about those this morning. And remember, it was always like, Doris Day was like the perfect housewife, and her husband was like some big high-powered executive. And remember, he had to eat certain foods that wouldn't bother his ulcer. Remember that? Yes. Oh, he's got an ulcer. Okay, you don't hear anybody talk about that anymore. You know why that is? Because for decades and decades and decades, they thought ulcers were caused by spicy food. Or yes, if, they or, did. Or if you worried a lot, if like you had a job that had a lot of stress, that it was something in your stomach, your body that emitted some kind of something that that would like ulcerate your stomach. Okay, and this doctor for years kept saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not the case. It's some kind of bacteria," and nobody paid any attention to him. And he kept saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, it's not food. It's not stress. It's a bacteria." And this went on for like I think like ten years. And this guy's going like, "Hey, I know. I've done the work." I'm the expert in this. Listen to me. And nobody paying attention to him. And then one day, somebody listened to him and go, okay, let's check this out. And then they did. And they said, you know what? He's right. It's not about spicy food. It's about this bacteria. And that's why you don't hear about it anymore. Because if somebody's got, like, you know, if they if you go to the doctor, I bet you if we had Dr. Weikert on, he could tell this whole story. Because I know every doctor. He probably could. Every doctor knows this story. Let me see if I can find doctor who... Uh, called ulcers because I've seen this guy in talk shows before. I don't believe he's with us anymore. I think he's passed away. Um, uh, Barry Marshall? No, that's not him. Peptic ulcer, ulcer. I have to look this story up. It's it's. I've read it before, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, the fact that nobody would believe this guy. And, like, for example, how many times, there, there's a story, I've always been fascinated, one of my goals in life, and I never attained it, I came very close, was to get a patent issued to me, okay? And there was a time, I believe in the late 1800s, where the guy who was the head of the patent office said, I think we should just close down the patent office because everything that, has, that, that could be invented, invented has been invented. Now, keep in mind, this is before cars, this is before airplanes before rocket ships, before helicopters, before computers, and he's saying that everything in the world has already been invented. I mean, what a closed mind that is. I mean, how many gazillion benef- uh, patents have been f- filed since then? I mean, I mean, I did work for a company for a while where we would, I would narrate these things that the judge would see, and these were essentially you know, informational things about patents that were being issued or being contested or stuff like that. And some of the stuff I read, I'm going like, I never would have thought of this. I mean, crazy, weird patents. My patent was for all crazy things of radio, which is a whole crazy story because it was, it was actually going to be issued, and then the company went out of business. I was doing work for a company. I designed something for them, and right before the patent was going to be issued, it was, the company decided, eh, we're not going to do this anymore, and they literally shut the doors of the business. And then the attorney called me up, and he said, okay, we can still get the patent issued. And he says, I can get it issued in your name, but it's going to cost $6,000 do the filing. And I go, I don't have $6,000. So I didn't do it. So that was one of my things I was going to get a patent on. But once again, how many patents are 
are filed every day. People inventing new stuff all the time. Like, look yes. at people like Steve Jobs, you know, Bill Gates, all these people that have, you know, have changed our lives. You know, I mean, you know, inventions we hold in our hand. Everybody has. If you buy the cheapest, crappiest smartphone you can get, the ones they give you for free when you renew your your plan, has more computer power in it than the Apollo 11 spaceship that made it to the moon. How is that possible? How is something that they give you for free more powerful than a spaceship that went to uh, that went you know left our Earth orbit, went orbited around the 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 moon, you know. Took, took two guys, put them in a module, put them on the face of the uh, the moon, walked around, jumped around, put a flag up there. How is that possible? So I don't I don't know, but I will tell you that the um, the the doctor that was responsible for that was Barry J. Marshall. It was and um, yes, and J. Robin Warren. You found it. Where did you find it? I'm just smart like that. <laughs> no, I found it on Google. And am I right? Yeah, it, it tells the story about for years an obscure here. I, I found it too. I just found it too. For years, an obscure doctor hailing from Australia's hard scrabble west coast watched in horror as ulcer patients fell so ill that many had their stomach removed or bled until they died. That physician, internist named Barry Marshall, was tormented because he knew there was a simple treatment for ulcers, which at that time affected 10% of all adults. 10% of all adults. In 1981, Marshall began working with Robin Warren, the royal—is that the same guy you mentioned? The Royal Perth Hospital pathologist, who two years early discovered that the gut could be overrun by hardy corkscrew-shaped bacteria called Helicobacteria pylori. Biopsying ulcer patients and culturing the organisms in the lab, Marshall traced not just ulcers but also stomach cancer to this gut infection. The cure, he realized, was already available. Antibiotics. But mainstream gastroenterologists were dismissive, holding on to their old idea the ulcers were caused by stress. That's exactly what I was talking about. Unable to make the case in studies with lab mice and prohibited from experimenting with people, Marshall grew desperate. Finally, he ran an experiment on the only human patient he could ethically recruit, himself. He took some yep. H. pylori from the gut of an ailing patient. He took this. He took this from a patient of his, stirred it into a broth, and drank it. Oh my God! As the days passed, he developed gastroenteritis, the precursor to an ulcer. He started vomiting. His mouth. Uh, he began to. He, his breath began to stink, and he felt sick and exhausted. Back in the lab, he biopsied his own gut. He's going at his own gut, culturing H and proving unequivocally that bacteria were the underlying cause of ulcers. For years, they thought this guy was a quack, and that's that's my whole point. Is that that sometimes people get so close-minded that they oh no that, that can't happen. that can't be that can't be that can't be. See, guys like this are my hero. I know. But you know what the problem with him is? You know what his problem is? He's a pioneer. You know what the definition of pioneer is? Uh, something to do with the back, but I'm not <laughs> real sure. So, someone found dead face down in the dirt with an arrow in their back. That's a pioneer. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> they get shot in the back with an arrow. That's a pioneer. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now you can't tell that line anymore because the Indians get mad at you. Right. <laughs> it's 725. BS in the morning. One day, Shelly calls me up and she says... Hey, that Casey song we're playing, what is that? Remember when you did that? I did. I'm like, who did the guitar riff? Yeah, you called it a Casey song or something like that. I go, yeah. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, there's a song we're playing on Westplex that has like a guitar riff at like Casey. I go, oh, you're talking about that new song, Four Minutes Later, uh, which is the name of the group. And, and um, 
I thought it was funny. It's called In My Head. Four minutes later. is And once again, this is a guy who sent me an email. He can't get this song played on iHeart. He can't get it played on Z1077. Can't get it played on any of the big stations because they play It's McRadio. They play the same songs all over the country. One guy sitting in New York City, okay, this is the, these are the songs we're going to play. And then, and then they had their own rating system. This is like iHeart. They have the thing called Media Base, which is like, I think, you know, whoever they went out to dinner with is the number, the night before, it gets to be the number one song in the country. If they bought them, Lots of drinks. They're the number. They if they bought them like a steak, they're number three. If they bought them lots of drinks, they're number two. If they drop bought them filet mignon, their song is going to be number one. Um, you can't get songs added. They won't unless it's like some big label. So we have two songs we're playing right now that people literally contacted me, sent me the song. I go, I like this, and we put it on here and play it. And we interviewed Harlow, who was the other one. I really like. The more I like hear that song, the more I love it. I know, me too. Very well produced. Okay, so we're going to talk about Pinky and Stripes. And we go into the break, and I couldn't remember their last name is McCulsky, McCluskey or something. McCluskey. And their first name is Becky and Wanda. Mark and Patricia. No, isn't Becky and Wanda, aren't they the, the queens of the queens of legal, where they fly around on that? They have that ad on TV where they fly around on that carpet, and they go, we're the king and queen. Oh, yeah. We're the king and queen of legal. She we're- hasn't been on in a long time. Her Becky's carpet outlet. Went out of business. Yeah, it's sort of a sad story. If you, I read that story. Funny you should mention that. I read that story in the Riverfront Times recently. Sort of a sad story. It's like it's like she lost all that weight and people lost interest. I don't believe you said that. What? <laughs> Seriously, which, which, she. I mean, she. You which, know, she was a a more voluptuous woman, and she lost all this weight and. You know, she still was flying on the red carpet, but people people seem to lose interest. It's like she rebranded herself, and that wasn't what people wanted. Excuse me, I sneezed. I God don't, bless you. I don't know if that was the case. But anyway, the Mikulskis. That's what I think. Who, once again, are not the poster child for proper gun etiquette, shall we say. No. If you take, if you, if you're, you don't have your concealed carry, do you? I do not. Okay. You, have you ever taken the class? You didn't take the class either, did you? I have not. No. Like firearms one hundred and one. I mean, there, there's like there's like five things they teach you, and one of them is is uh, number one is always treat a gun as if it is loaded, no matter what. Always treat a gun. Matter of fact, if you go to a gun store and you go to one and it got them on the glass case, and you say, "Hey, let me look at that pistol," the guy will pull it out of the of the, even though he may have just done this five minutes ago, he'll pull it out of the case and he will rack the slide. If it's a semi-automatic, he'll rack the slide, look down the barrel, no magazine in it, make sure there's no round in the chamber, there's no, there's no way there can be a bullet in that gun, and then he will hand it to you, and he will hand it to you so that as he hands it to you, he'll hand it so it's not pointed at him, it's not pointed to you, it's pointed away, and you grab the gun, and then you in turn... Don't point it at somebody and go, oh, look at that, I'm going to shoot you. You know, that kind of stuff. You don't do that, okay? So here's Pinky and Stripes waving their guns around. If you know the whole story, this was uh, this was when uh, the George Floyd thing was going on and everybody was protesting. And uh, Pinky and Stripes live up the street from Lida Cruson, who was the mayor at the time. And they live on a private street. And there's a gate 
talking about a gated community, and these protesters broke down the gate, and they went toward Lyda Cruson's house. Well, the only problem is to go to Lyda Cruson's house, you got to go across Pinky and Stripe's front lawn. So Pinky and Stripe's were, I think, having a barbecue. It was like, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon. And they were having a barbecue at their place or something like that. And these people started and started yelling at them. So Pinky and Stripes go inside. Pinky gets out his his AR-15. And Pinky gets her little, I don't know what in the world it was, some little chrome little plane at 38 ACP, 38 semi-automatic. And she's the worst defender because she's just, at least at least Stripes is, and, and if you're, or no, Pinky. Pinky is the dude. And the reason we call him Pinky and Stripes, he's wearing a pink polo shirt and she's wearing a striped shirt and she looked like the Hamburglar. Right? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, but she looked like the Hamburglar. Black and white strap shirt. She's the Hamburglar. Matter of fact, somebody in my phone, somebody sent me this and I saved it. Somebody photoshopped the Hamburglar's face onto her face, and it's so funny. I've been tempted to put it on my Facebook page, but I know I'd, I'd get more crap than I did about putting the thing on there about Dr. Fauci and that, doctor, and that Jones crazy weird dude. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I didn't <clears throat> like that, and I hope, I hope you, you did get a lot of feedback on that man i got people i got it's two ways i got people love me i got people hate me well that's any given day brad isn't that life i mean you know go you know hey who's the most popular person in the world jesus christ half the world hates him half the world loves him right isn't that the way it is seriously Uh uh-huh i mean i mean on all honesty isn't that the way it is yes the most famous person in the world is jesus christ right yeah okay and Ask Donald Trump, and he'd say, well, it'd be Donald Trump and then J.C., but... Half the people in the world adore Jesus Christ, worship him. Half the people yes. hate him. And that's just the way things are. Look at the last, yeah. the last election. When Trump got elected against Hillary Clinton, you know, he, you know, in the popular vote, he technically lost because of the fact he didn't win the popular vote, but he won, he won the Electoral College. Half the country loved him, half the country hated him. Same situation with the last election, 2020. Half the country loved loved Joe Biden. Half the country hated Joe Biden because because Trump got more votes than ever, and 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 Biden got more votes than ever ever. You know, I mean, they they both set records. It was a record. No president ever gotten that many votes. That was Joe Biden, and nobody had ever gotten that many votes and lost. You know, that was Donald Trump. Okay, so going back to pinky stripes, they wave their guns around. Um, big news thing once again on national news. You know, once again we look great. St. Louis looks great. We have Michael Brown. We have Pinky and Stripes. Now we have Doctor Khan, who claims he was hassled and and made fun of and fist bumped and shoulder bumped and 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 hip bumped and and nobody touched him. And it's all BS. But you're playing. You're playing. When you first started this conversation, you're playing that the McCluskeys. Um, you know, just decided to go and get these these firearms and point them at these this innocent group of people. These people stormed their neighborhood. They broke through a gate. Yeah, but once again, the problem is that, and let's put it in a smaller scale. Let's say I live in an area where there's like a park that's behind my house. Uh-huh. And 10 people walk down the street. And instead of going into the park entrance, they cut through my backyard and go to the park. Let's say my, my house backs a park. And they had to go around the block to go to the entrance of the park where you could drive into where the parking lot. But yet they knew that if they come down my street and they walk, you know, on the side of my house to go to the park, that would be like me getting there, hey, get off my grass. It would be like me, you know, waving a gun at them. You don't do that. 
this was a little more aggressive. I get it, but than that, Brad. But once again, if you I want, mean, paint the correct picture here. I'm painting the correct picture. They were wrong in what they did. If they stood I'm there, I'm not saying they weren't wrong, but I'm saying the situation at hand. I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. If they, if you, if you have a fire, once again, this is training. If you have a firearm, and you are in a position where you feel threatened, you know, you have there. I'm, I'm not, Mister police guy but there's what they call you know uh, armed armed ready i mean you know once again this is what they call manual arms and the way you're supposed to do things and stuff like that you don't even if you watch the police like when they come up on a scene where they do draw their firearms nine times out of ten they point them at the ground that's what they're taught they're in other words they're ready to pull that gun up and when they do pull it up that means they're ready. In other words, the idea being is the theory is, and the, the training is, don't ever point at something you're not ready to shoot. You can watch these videos all day long on YouTube. You see the body camera videos. And some of them, yes. are, some of them are just like, I don't know how these guys do this job. You, they roll up on things. And there's guys, there's one I saw the other day that somebody sent me. It's like, oh, my God. He pulls this guy over. And the guy is, he knows who the guy is. And, he, and he's got warrants out for his arrest. And... And he says to you, are you Walter? The guy says, no, not Walter. He, and he says, I know you are. And he says, get out of the car. I know who you are. And this is on the body cam. And the, the guy says, not getting out of the car. So the cop reaches in and, and undoes the door. And this guy pulls out a sawed-off shotgun and shoots the cop. I mean, I'm like, okay, who saw that coming? Nobody. And the cop gets you know gets hit in the chest with the shotgun blast thank god it hit him in his bulletproof vest but not all now not all of it hit him and still got stuff in, in his arm and he fires at the guy and he you know and once again you know it's crazy stuff how do you know but anyway going back to the McCluskeys, whatever they call themselves they shouldn't have been waving the guns around if they would have had the guns at the ready pointed down pointed in the air that would have been different. But she, especially, is the worst offender. She's muzzle-sweeping. Muzzle-sweeping is when you point the muzzle at, at someone. You wave it around. It's called muzzle-sweeping. You, She's muzzle-sweeping all these people, okay? And she's got her finger on the trigger. Once again, gun etiquette. You don't do that. Now, she claims the gun was not loaded. Who knows? Who knows? Only her and her hubby know that if the gun was loaded or not. He claims his gun wasn't loaded, but it had a magazine in it. Okay, her gun was a semi-automatic, same thing. It had a magazine in it. Who knows if the gun had any bullets in it? Don't know. But yet they got ultimately arrested, and then, and then Kim Gardner was going to charge him. But she, and they, they issued tickets to, I think they issued nine trespassing, trespassing tickets to the people who were on their property. But Kim Gardner would not prosecute any of the trespassers, but she prosecuted Pinky and Stripes. And then she brought in another trespass, another attorney to try the case. And they pleaded guilty to, like, misdemeanors or something like that. So yesterday, Governor Parsons pardoned them. So in other words, their records are expunged. It's like it never happened. And now people are... So now he can run for Senate. Well, he could run for Senate anyway because he wasn't a felony conviction. Oh. Yeah. I don't, and I'm, I don't think, I, you know, even if it was a felony conviction, I don't know if you're prohibited from running for, for office with a felony conviction. I don't, I don't I think you are. I hope that you would be. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I think you can, I, I have to double check that. I think that, I don't think that's in the qualifications that, that, you know, I mean, you, you, if you're like, for example, Bill Clinton lost his law license over 
when he got impeached because you know he perjured himself because he said one thing and then it turned out was he said wasn't the right thing and he got his law license lifted in in Arkansas. Look at the deal like uh, what's his face uh, Rudy Giuliani just lost his law license in 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 New York and D.C. because of crap that he did. You know, I mean, one, and but yet I think he could run for president. Who would you know? Who would like? What's a felony conviction? Oh, he doesn't have Giuliani doesn't have a felony conviction. You know, I have to double check that. But anyway, they got pardoned. And people are going like, well, some people are like, yay, wonderful. Other people are like, that's terrible. They should have never done that. I think that they should have been pardoned because I'm sorry, but if, if somebody sits there and comes to me and, and, and is, there's like a group that's around my house and they're threatening to kill my dog and and do me bodily harm and burn my home, I, I, I'm thinking that I probably would act erratically as well. Boy, there's a line I could use right now. <laughs> and it's 744. Oh, can I just say it? Can I just say it? Just say it. Do you mean there are times when you don't act erratically? <laughs> okay. Feel better? Yes, I do. Cool. 744. <laughs> it is BS in the morning. You know, that's me doing those mouth noises on that song. You know what I'm talking about? The 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 clocks? <laughs> Did you do sound just like that? It's, I'm I telling love you, that song. I'm telling you, that's me. You don't believe me, do you? Hold on a minute. That won't play. I can't get to play. Uh, it's me going, and that's all it is. Metronome? What's well, not? It's somebody doing that with their mouth. I'm telling you. Sir, it's not a metronome? No, it's somebody doing it with their mouth. You can tell. Okay. <laughs> I saw this yesterday. I thought to myself... This is actually sort of sad, and it's sort of funny, okay? There's com- there's controversy with the Olympics, and it's not... It actually was Simone Biles. She was actually in the equestrian... You know, yesterday we talked about the fact that she got her twisties out of her head, and she she won the 100-meter dash, and she threw the javelin. She threw it so far, she threw it out of the stadium. I hit a, I hit a taxi cab outside of the stadium in, in Tokyo. Uh, the new controversy is the sumo, the sumo dudes. If you heard this story, which is actually uh-uh. sort of funny, okay... I snorted. I'm sorry. Okay. On the equestrian riders thing, they have the equestrian where they jump the jumps. Okay. Okay. And you know what I'm talking about? The horses jump over the, the, the jumps and things like that. Okay. Yes. Since this is in Tokyo and this is in Japan, they have decorated the course with statues and they have a life-size sumo wrestler Position next to the tenth obstacle on the fourteen jump Olympic course. So I saw a picture of this, and it's sort of funny. You know, the like the rails where the horses jump over. Yep. And they have various things which like tell the story of Japan. You know, because this is the Japanese host country for the Olympics. And on the tenth jump, a fourteenth jump, they have a great big sumo wrestler who is literally right next to the jump. In other words, there's a pole on each side that has, you know, the cross rails in it where the horses jump over. And the sumo wrestler is, like, almost touching the pole. If you're looking at it from the front side, on the right side, if you're looking at it to the point where the rider would come to approach the uh, the, the jump, it would be on the left side. And the, the riders are complaining that it's spooking the horses. <laughs> the horses come up on this 10th jump, and they see this dude as a sumo wrestler, and they look over, and they don't pay attention. And it's distracting the horses. And okay. The, and the Olympic Committee essentially says, hey, tough toenails, we're not changing it. 
here it is. <laughs> Equestrian jumpers aren't keen on surprises, neither are the horses, and it takes years of training to keep them from getting spooked. Of course, no horse, no horse in Tuesday night's Olympic jumping qualifier had ever seen anything like obstacle number 10. Ladies, Ireland's Sean O'Connor, she said, there's a lot to look at. It's very real- realistic. Riders say that a life-size sumo wrestler positioned next to the 10th obstacle on the 14-jump Olympic course may have distracted several horses in qualifying for the individual jumping final Tuesday night. A few pairings pulled up short of the barrier, accumulating enough penalty points to prevent entry into Wednesday's final. So you you see that poor horses where the horses come up to the the jump and they go, and they go, nope, not jumping that one. Yep, and then the the <laughs> right. jockey goes Whoop. sometimes over the top of the horse. So they're yep. saying that the sumo wrestler, this big life size sumo wrestler, is freaking out the horses. And I can see that. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean you know, I mean. It's it's just sort of weird, you know, and you're thinking, okay, why would they do that? Well, they're trying to make it Japanese. Now, when Simone Biles jumped on her horse, she had no problem. She qualified, by the way. Did you know that? She qualified? In the equestrian thing. I'm not listening to you because <laughs> yesterday I thought that what you were saying was, you know, reasonable and I was wrong. <laughs> Because it was a big fat lie, so I'm not listening to you. Well, she got her mind straight, and all of a sudden... Anything that has to do with Simone Biles. You know, they say mind over matter. So once she got the twisties out of her mind, she could do anything. She won the 100-yard... You know, dash. She won the. She beat the men. She didn't run against the women. She beat the men. And then she. Okay. And then she threw the javelin, and the javelin went out of the stadium and hit that Toyota, uh, Toyota Camry. Uh, it's a taxi cab. Got embedded into the into the into the hood of the uh, the, the taxi cab. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, you and you were in the cab company. How would you feel if your cab driver came back and said, "Shelly got a bad news for you. It was at the Olympic Stadium, and some gal threw a a javelin. It stuck in the hood of that Ford Ford Crown Vic. Wouldn't you be upset?" Oh, Brad. <laughs> I don't know what to say to you sometimes. Remember the name of the show for those listeners out there. Is it is BS in the morning. Oh, yeah. And by the way, BS in the morning. I am. He is Brad. I am Shelly. And you are listening to BS in the morning. Our web address for BS in the morning is bsinthemorning.show. And for the station, it's Westplex 1071. Here's the quote right here. This is the article out on Channel 5. It says, Simone Biles, a last-minute entry into the equestrian championship, didn't have a problem. She said to her horse, hey, if I can get over the twisties, so can you. And the horse jumped over the sumo wrestler with no problem. Right there in the article. Right there in the article. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Let's talk about something else. We've got three minutes. Andrew Como, (laughs) this dude... Just needs to pack up his things and leave. I mean, all these. I mean, it's 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 when there's it's it's he said he said she said. Uh, you know, when it's one on one, you know, sometimes you go like okay, but when it's he said she said she 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 said, it's like okay, hold on a minute. There's like all these women who are telling the same story, and he go, oh, I never did any of that. Not me. Wasn't me. And this is the Attorney General of New York who hates Republicans. She loves Democrats. She's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. And she's calling him out. I mean, don't you think the guy should just pack it up and leave? And he's supposedly, he's, I guess he's, he's not married or something like that. He's got a girlfriend. I don't know what the deal is. But he's admitted to people he's lonely. <laughs> you know what? 
Who? 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 Who is this? Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York. The That's love. That's what I thought. The love gun. The love gun. To talk about the other dude, and so now you're back with Como. Yeah, the, the love gov, the guy who was, you know, when he was on during the height of the uh, the you know lockdown last year. Every day he's on a press conference. I I know women. I know I know a couple of women who go, Oh my God, I'm in love with him. I want him. I want him to be my my husband. You know, I even want though, to have their children. Right. He's so wonderful. Oh, the love gov. Oh, yeah, he's so wonderful. Yeah, he's grabbing women's. You know what's. You know, I mean, and 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 I'm going like, dude. Is this recently, or is this going back thirty years? No, 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 no. Within the like last, you know, like like current, and and even President Biden says he needs to resign. Once again, oh, Biden is well, a if Democrat. He's getting, if he's getting, you know, I'm I'm completely oblivious to what goes on in the world. If it's not on Facebook, <laughs> and I know the smartest in the woman in the world gets on me about that, but I, you know, I just. I can't help it. He's and the problem is he's causing problems for the citizens of New York by not doing the greater good, which is him moving on. He's only been the governor for like 13 years and he's going to run for because in New York, I don't think they have a, a ruling on term limits. I think you can be the governor for your entire life if you live that long. Um, but and it's like, dude, you know, move on, you know, just just, you know. You you know you you and your brother you know the love fest and then there came out that his brother was giving him all sorts you know Chris Como and CNN was giving him all sorts of advice and they have all these emails going back and forth where Chris Como who is like quote unquote a journalist that's why I say my journalism degrees are worthless I just need to just throw them away because journalism is dead you know here's the guy who's on CNN a network news station a cable news you know that's what is cable news network and he's secretly advising his brother on how to get out of trouble with, uh, you know, with sexually harassing and sexually, you know, uh, ag- you know, uh, you know, imp- inappropriate touching and stuff like that with these women. Dude, you're just as guilty. You know, because if you were a true journalist, you would come on and say, yeah, even though Andrew's my brother, but yeah, he's got some problems. Yeah, he did some bad things with women. I, I, I know it's tough for me to say this, but you know what, bro, you need to resign. That's what he should do. But he won't do that because he's not a journalist. He's just like some... He's his brother. But I don't care. (laughs) You know, if my brother... If I knew my brother had murdered 10 people, I wouldn't say, well, I don't know anything about that. It's my brother. I'd say, yeah, he's my brother, and he did murder those 10 people. He ain't heavy. Yeah. And my brother... 7.58, we need to go. And my brother did murder those 10 people. Okay. (laughs) It is is 7.58. 